0: People always ask how I balance my family life with 400 shows a year. I'm just doing what I love with the people I love. It's my magic life. I like Wes Eisley. I like everything about him. All right. Today we have a legend in magic. This guy, um, if you've ever been to a magic invention, you've probably seen this guy. I think the guy has triplets or quadruplets, uh, because I don't know how you can be at every single convention and run a website and be uh, a stand-up comedy magician, uh, entertainer. Everybody knows him. He's known all over. This guy's amazing. I'm getting worse and worse with these introductions. But everybody, <laughs> it's Marietta. What's up, buddy? How are you? Hey. I,
1: hey. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Actually, see we have the same barber now.
0: Dude, we do. We do. It looks good. <laughs> looks good on you, sir. <laughs>
1: All is good, Abibi. I'm glad to be with you. Thanks for having me, Natalie and Wes. Ah, no problem. Thanks for being here.
0: I'm excited. Let's get into it, man. So I have to ask, how'd you get started in magic? What was your start?
1: Uh, well, you know, I was born in Israel. And, you know, everybody has a relative who teaches them a card, you know, a card trick at one time or another. So all my uncles take credit for getting me into magic. Uh, but, uh... But actually, I uh, so I was doing card tricks very, very young, uh, your basic stuff. But then uh, probably when I was about six or seven years old, we got our first TV set when TV uh, started airing in Israel. And every Thursday night, uh, there were these hands that would teach one magic trick before the regular uh, uh, t- TV show started. I remember it was like Mission Impossible, Gunsmoke, that kind of stuff was running right after the first three minutes of them teaching a trick, and I learned all those tricks, and I did them. You know, probably that's how I got into magic uh, back then. But then when I moved to the United States, uh, I was 10 years old, and now we have libraries, we have magic on TV. Uh, uh, shortly after we moved to the U.S., uh, Marshall Verdeen started with all his infomercials, with a TV magic cards, TV mystic I had to get everything. So I, I ended up buying all that stuff, and then, you know, I found magic shops online. I used to send quarters to every cat, you know, in Boy's Life and the comic books. You know, you send a quarter, you get a catalog, and, you know, I'd start ordering, you know, the $1 tricks, uh, things that I could afford. You know, you'd scotch tape coins on an index card, so the mailman won't know there are coins in there and sherry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, did you ever find out who the hands were? Who were the magic hands?
1: No, no, I asked around, and there are people trying to find out what it was. They're not even sure if it was if, uh, if shot in Israel. It could have been something that was syndicated from outside. They're not sure.
0: Wow, that's pretty awesome, man. See, I asked that question, and people was like, oh, it's always the same answer. I hate that question because it's a magic hit, or it's this, or it's that. Dude, magic hands on television? just yeah. It wasn't even connected to a body. It was just hands. That's all it yeah. took. Yeah, I, I remember they taught how to turn uh, ink into
1: uh, uh, water into ink with a goldfish in there. You know, I didn't have a goldfish, but I was able to turn water to ink or ink to water. One of those. They also taught a very good rope routine I used for years and years. I should probably start doing it.
0: <laughs> wow, wow! So, uh, did you start doing kids' birthday parties? Did you do that whole route as well?
1: Uh, I did uh, kid shows probably when I worked. Went- when I was in my late teens, I did a bunch. And I worked for the Magic Townhouse for a while. I was going to ask And that meant you did like two or three kid shows, uh, uh, you know, on a Saturday and a Sunday when they had all the kid shows in. And they used to also send me out because uh, uh, Dick Brooks was Bravo the Magician. But he would often book more than one magician per show, uh, per, uh, per time slot. So there were a whole bunch of us that were all called Bravo the Magician. So when you called the townhouse, they booked Bravo the Magician, but they never really knew which Bravo they were going to get. Wow. <laughs>
0: so we've had Dorothy and Dick on here a couple times, but I didn't know there was multiple Bravo the Magicians. Who, who else?
1: She, in a pinch, she also did Bravo, but when all the male Bravos were on the road, she would do the kid shows at the theater.
0: Wow. So who else was in your time at the uh, Magic Townhouse?
1: Uh, well, doing the kids' shows, uh, there were Ray Nardini and another guy. Uh, I forget his name. I, also Ray, but I forget his last name. <laughs> uh, there were a couple of Rays, and uh, more or less, that was like the course of the four of us would be doing the kids' shows. But I also, before I, I worked for them as an employee doing kids' shows, I was already doing their close-up shows on the weekends.
0: Is that where Levent and all of them would be, in the close-up rooms or the uh, yeah, nighttime? He,
1: he came later, but yeah. Okay. No, no, Levent also did kid shows. I think. Okay. Okay. But that was
0: after I left. See, I I still I'm trying to wrap my head around what that was. I was trying to make it a castle, but it's a lot of kid shows. But they had a bar as well. No, no, no
1: bar. Uh, okay, it's very complicated because you know to pay rent on Third Avenue and sixty-first Street, you got to do everything. So they did uh, kid shows and birthday parties on the weekends. They had three floors, so they could have six kid shows going on, uh, maybe up to 12, but never got that bad. So what happens is the early group, there are three rooms, and there are three birthday parties going on, one in each room with clowns and food and sugar and cake and cream. Then those three go downstairs to the main uh, kid show theater, where let's say I was doing a kid show. Meanwhile, the next three groups would come in to see that show first and have their cake after. So you have six parties uh, watching my show. One just ate. Then the next one goes up to eat. I have a little break. By the time they're done eating, I can do my second show, and I'll be doing that for the, you know, and it it can get pretty hectic.
0: (laughs) Wow. But that,
1: that wasn't always the case. Sometimes it would be like two parties or one, party, you know. But in worst case scenario, three parties show, three parties. So it had six, you, know, you could have up to 12 in a day, in a day but it never got that. Much.
0: Now, was it mostly kids' parties there, or did they have adult oh, things no, in I, the evening? No,
1: this was Saturdays and Sundays during the day. Okay. In the evening, on Friday and Saturday, was the adult close up show. That held 60 or so people. Uh, and that was uh, included a buffet, and people could bring their own alcohol, because in New York, in order to get a liquor license, you need to know some people, yeah. <laughs> And have a lot of bridegroom. Still that way. Uh, but, uh, you know, so there would be a close-up show, and between each performer, there'd be a break. So people would come in, they would have dinner, and then the first close-up show, uh, performer would go on, maybe a second one on, and they'd have a break, they'd have drinks, they'd have dessert, appetite, you know, and this would go on till about 2 o'clock in the morning or so, from about uh, 8 o'clock is when the doors open.
0: Wow. So, but even then, if it was like really crowded, we
1: had an extra theater, and you could do two shows simultaneously. Uh, So they ate in one place, but they
0: saw two different, so we all performed twice. That's awesome. When it got real hectic. Uh, Also, uh, during the
1: day, not too many people know this, but Dick and Dorothy bought uh, at the Actors TV studio, and during the day, uh, there were acting classes for commercials and sitcoms and uh, and soap operas, and the teachers were uh, all producers, directors, and writers for those soap operas and stuff, so a lot of times, the students would actually get a job while taking a class. Oh, wow. and, that, and there would also be interns. Those same actors and actresses would be the interns during the kids' shows and also the evening shows working in the kitchen. So they had a lot of, you know, things going around. Now, Dick and Dorothy were brilliant in everything they did that way. It's, it's, it's controlled chaos.
0: That, that sounds like it, man. Yeah. Golly, but what a great stomping ground. What a great, I mean, you got, oh, yeah. to, you got to work out all your new material, and you got it down pat.
1: And, uh, yeah, absolutely. We did uh, two to four shows a weekend, and we got free food, which was the most important part of the whole thing.
0: Uh, especially, it's always the most important
1: part of the whole thing. Especially
0: starting out, man. Um,
1: I work for food. I should have that on my business card. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: so how long did you work with them?
1: All right, so I probably started performing at the Kent House. 81, and I continued to perform
0: there until about 85 or
1: 86. Okay. Or maybe I, yeah, 81, I think I started performing.
0: (sighs) So I first met you at a convention. I know it's over 20 years ago at this point. But about 2008, surfing the internet, I found your uh, appearance on um, uh, Paul Daniel's show. And I was like, that's my friend. I just met him at the convention. That's Mayor. (laughs) Dude, how old were you in that bit? Because that was that was amazing. That must have been a yeah, good that, get. That was
1: nineteen eighty five, so I would have been twenty five years old.
0: That's that's a huge get. I mean that's like fool us nowadays.
1: Uh much bigger, sorry.
0: No, it no, was, I believe it.
1: <laughs> it was it was the highest rated show in television. Remember, England at that time I think only had four chances.
0: Wow. This was
1: uh, and it was the and it was the perfect year for me to do it because that year was right after he won the Golden Rose. Uh, and when he won the Golden Rose, it's like the top Emmy or whatever the equivalent. Is. It was like the highest, the best, the best variety show award, like an Oscar in the movies. Uh, so it was very, it was at its peak when I aired, when it, I did it and. What happened is is it airs on Saturday night, and most of the country watches it. It's insane. Uh, It's the highest-rated show on television when it airs on Saturday night. And then the following week, the rerun on VFNC2 on Sunday night, is the
0: second-highest-rated show of that week also. Golly. It's it's the most money I ever made
1: for a a four-and-a-half-minute act.
0: Wow. (laughs) So did you get residuals off that?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. They sold it to Canada, all the Middle East, Europe, uh, uh, Japan. uh, uh, Yeah, it it aired everywhere except the
0: U.S. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So, wow. I don't even know where to go. How did they treat you? How was the experience? Was it amazing, the whole situation? Oh,
1: yeah. It was great, you know, because remember, BBC One is the number one station. This is the highest rated show. Uh, I get treated tremendously well. Their car is driving me around. Uh, I have a, a dressing room, like, ground level right next to the. Sea. I mean, they really treated me well. And as a matter of fact, a funny thing happened. I, uh, I, I'm, you know, my dressing room is, like, ground level because, like, that's where the VIPs for the Highest Rated Show are, and not because of me, because of the show. <laughs> so I'm walking out of the, my dressing room one day, you know, after our rehearsal, and a guy crashes into me running down the hall, and I look at his eyes, and he looked, the eyes look kind of weird to me. I didn't think much of it. So I'm walking out. I meet Paul Daniels. He was waiting for me. We were going to go to dinner. And I say, it dawns on me who the, who the guy looked like. And I said, that guy looks just like David Bowie. And he laughs. He says, that was David Bowie.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> you got tackled by David Bowie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I thought it was just funny because you know the it, it, two different color guys threw me, but I figured out.
0: Wow! Oh wow. man, that's awesome, dude. But,
1: uh, yeah, it was the same. Uh, we were taping at the exact same time as the first. Uh, what were those concerts they were doing back then? Live, live eight.
0: Live eight. Okay. The first. Yeah. yeah. Wow! Uh, so
1: all the all the musicians were there. And uh, Wimbledon was going on at the same time, and I was at the uh, at Wimbledon Hotel, and all of the tennis players were there, but I knew none of them. Yeah.
0: So, how long did the Paul Daniels shows every Saturday for like nine years, wasn't it?
1: Uh, something like that. I don't know. But, Amazing. but it, it very short seasons. It wasn't like 52 weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they only ran like 10 weeks or 15 weeks
0: or something like that. All right, so you go from the townhouse to. International exposure, did you get a lot of international gigs out of that?
1: Uh, yeah, I was already uh, known and lecturing all over the world anyway before wow. that, but that definitely made me popular in England because after that show aired, I was probably performing or lecturing there five times a year maybe for a few years because of that. Wow. Uh, also, other European countries
0: booked me probably because of that. 25 years old, and I've seen that video. I know 25, 30 times, Mayor. I love it. Um, We have a Facebook group. I'm going to put that link in the Facebook group so people can see it. But you're calm, cool, and collected. You're just hanging out. It looks, and I guess you were, but it looked like you were just hanging out with a magic friend, just doing a routine you've done a thousand times.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we decided to do it because at that time you just added that bar scene to the show so it wasn't all staged. This was like a close-up thing. Uh, so we decided to do it sitting down instead of the way I usually do, which is standing. And we had like two rehearsals, and then I had the rest of the week off, and uh, you know,
0: then we did it. Wow. But he's
1: a super nice guy, easy to work with. He was great. And he, he's the one who saw me perform in Vegas and asked me over to do the show. And I said, well, why? I just published the book. You could do it. He says, no, no, no. I want you to do it.
0: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, I have the book, but I can't do it. It's amazing. Explain to everybody, explain to everybody um, what the illusion is.
1: Uh, so I was uh, the first person to kind of put together a magic act that only uses their hands without any other props. Uh, and it's kind of like, because I was so unique, everybody at the time was doing cartridge and tricks and I was making my fingers disappear and telescope up and down you know, into my hand, and then cut my finger off, and, and they vanish. Most people, most magicians have never, ever seen anything like that before. Uh, so I was getting really great reactions because I was the odd guy in every show. You know, when, when you have ten performers and they're all doing the same basic kind of props, anyway, not the same tricks, but similar props, and then I go in and make my fingers disappear, it's crazy. And, uh, you know, it's just being unique, you know, uh, you know, back then, uh, Arthur Benjamin and I performed a lot. He was a, a fast calculating mathematician. He later became a PhD at at university. Uh, uh, Tom Dottie was also, we had, we did a lot of shows together because he was also unique. He was the bu- uh, original bubble guy. Okay. Uh, and also, uh, Jeff justice who did Rocky Raccoon, uh, you know, back then, uh, so we saw each other a lot because we were the oddball, unique magicians.
0: When did you come up with the whole finger manipulation routine? Was that in your twenties, or had you been doing it since you were a kid?
1: Uh, no, I went in my teens, uh, I, I wanted—I wanted to do. You know, when I was in high school, I wanted to do magic, but I don't want to—you can't carry decks of cards into school, not back then. <laughs> and I had the idea that I always want to be prepared to do magic. You know, I always wanted to do, you know, not reaching and remove coins and cards. I always wanted to do magic, you know, in the I do my, you know, I do the, the, the most difficult card trick I know. It was unbelievable. Like, they 26 moves in two minutes, 26 slights. and yeah, I got my polite applause, and then I just made my finger th- disappear, and all of a sudden there was this gasp. Because remember, in the West Coast, nobody's n- knew this irritating kid who makes his fingers disappear. <laughs> So there's this gasp, and I don't get it. You know, what, what, why is this a gasp? I just made one finger. I didn't even do the act yet. And then I, I start doing the rest of the act, and the gasp, you know, the, other, the ring finger vanishes, the middle finger, the index finger, the thumb, like that. And, and the, the, all of a sudden, the applause starts in the middle of the act, and by the end of the act, I get a standing ovation. You see, you know, Vernon and Siegfried, and Rodden. everybody was standing because of the stupid kid that's making his finger disappear.
0: Wow. Uh, and,
1: and that's when I befriended a lot of those people that became lifelong friends like Daryl and Paul Harris and uh, John Cornelius, and, I mean, because they were all there and they saw it. So it opened up tr- uh, a lot of doors just because everybody wanted to see the guy with the finger tricks. But I still didn't, I, I felt great, but I didn't really think much about it until I came back to New York and nobody could remember my name mayor yet it is not like a name you're gonna remember the first time you hear it so they were calling all their friends in new york who's that kid that skinny kid i was skinny back then who's that skinny kid who makes his fingers disappear and they were all getting these calls so by the time i got home everybody in new york heard what happened in las vegas and that was like, the, I got a huge ego at the time, and, you know, nobody could talk to me because, you know, but uh, the usual stuff. Uh, but that was like a, a, an incredible moment that opened up a tremendous amount of doors before the Paul Daniels show. In
0: wow, that you is awesome. You weren't just a stupid
1: kid making your fingers disappear anymore. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. And now, oh, I want to work the Magic Townhouse. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: so, how about the Magic Townhouse? Did you ever make your fingers disappear there?
1: Oh yeah, I mean that was part of my act. That so didn't did it freak it out. out.
0: That didn't freak out the kids.
1: Uh, no, no, I didn't do it in the kid show. I did it in the adult show. Oh, yeah, okay. I, used to get, I, you know, I used to also get standing ovations from lay people, uh, not just magicians, when I did that for a while. And uh, it, that doesn't happen anymore. I guess the world is much more jaded. <laughs> but uh, when you see a, a finger, uh, a guy cut his finger off and it bounces off. Off the table and onto the floor—it's like
0: a squeamish thing. Well, people know prop fingers. I, back then, probably it wasn't—it wasn't something they didn't have a spirit Halloween every Halloween where they saw a whole right. drawer of fingers. Right. You know, I think that's what that part is. But I've seen you do it at a magic convention. Every other bit gets gasps because I mean it is beautiful, Mayor. I love that routine. I, lo- I wish I could do it. Did you? Um, <laughs> Did you ever study, like, Greg Irwin stuff for finger flexibility and things? Or you just always...
1: I, I know I know we're friends, but no. He tells me I should because otherwise I'm going to get arthritis.
0: <laughs> I don't know how you're as flexible as you are and I, able to I, do what you can I do.
1: I practice uh, before a show, but that's about it.
0: That's the only warm-up you do is before a show? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I don't know, guys. The way he does this, it is... Yeah, it hurts me thinking about it. I, I've i played around, and it hurts. So uh, God bless you. You're awesome. All right, so uh, we're talking about making your fingers disappear and all of this, and I saw you at a magic invention. You showed me magic, didn't even pay attention. See the video in 2008, go back to a magic invention, and I noticed something's different about your hand. You are literally missing a finger now, and I was like, you know, I don't know if you know, behind the scenes, people say, What are the coincidences? The guy that made his fingers disappear ended up with that. I mean, I heard that with other people. Yeah, oh
1: yeah. It's like the Twilight Zone. Uh, As soon as it happened, Dick Cavett comes over to me and says, you know, this could be a Twilight Zone episode, except nobody would believe it.
0: So (laughs) tell everybody, what finger are you missing now?
1: So so, uh, so I I was doing my act right-handed up until the Paul Daniels show. If you see that tape, I'm doing the act right-handed. Uh, Comedy Tonight, if you see that tape online, I'm doing it right-handed. Uh, but in 1986, uh, I got into a car accident, and the car flipped over three and a half times on uh, the Long Island Expressway, and the guardrail uh, hit the back of my hand and ripped off a third of my hand, my right hand, because I used to drive with the right hand on, the steer- on top of the steering wheel, and the rail- guardrail went through the roof. Uh, uh, I saw the police report. They found uh, the two fingers and this piece of skin holding them together about 100 yards away from where the car ended up. But uh, somebody was smart enough to put it in an ice uh, cooler. Uh, There was a helicopter landed, picked me up, took me to the hospital. Uh, They reattached everything. So for a while, my right hand had all the fingers uh, connected. And... uh, Then uh, the ring finger didn't take. Uh, So actually what I have left now on my hand is half my ring finger and no, I mean, half my pinky and no ring finger. Uh, So back in the hospital, you know, I, I already published my book called Finger Fantasies. And I said, you know, you could, anybody could learn this. So now I had to prove that anybody can learn it by learning to do the entire act left-handed. But I'm a right-handed guy. I don't have the muscle strength in the left hand, and It's still not as good lefty as it was righty, but I can still do the whole act, uh, just like it's in the book, left-handed, word for word.
0: So if you
1: see a current uh, uh, video of me doing it, you'll see it left-handed, but it's identical to the right-handed version.
0: So can you just hold up your hand for the camera? We're doing this visually, too. Look at that, Natalie. Aww.
1: So you see it's like half half a pinky. Yeah. Wow. And, right? wow. But I can count I could count these as ten for the people are watching on video. <laughs> Look, ten, nine, eight, 7, no, no, that's the wrong way. 7, uh, ten, nine, eight, seven, six, and four is ten.
0: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that works. It works. I like it, I like it. So uh <laughs> As magicians, I'm just, my, I'm getting my hands off pocket, my hands are getting clammy, they're getting sweaty, just thinking about it. What else happened? Did you hit your head? Did you do anything else? Did you have- Oh yeah,
1: my, my, my head was the size of a, a basketball, but eventually healed, my shoulder could not be moved, my oh, uh, elbow, goodness. because I was in a cast for, remember I, did, I ended up doing, having 14 surgeries uh, over three weeks because it was reconstructive and then didn't take, and they cleaned it, and then removed scar tissue, and blah, blah, and then a year and a half of therapy on top of it, because you know when you're in a cast, you can't move this when it's healing, so you're in a cast for three, four weeks, you need physical therapy because you can't move your shoulders, you can't move your elbows, you can't move your wrists, so I have to get all that mobility back while practicing and relearning my act left-handed.
0: So there was no doubt that you weren't going to quit doing magic? You were just going to be able to do it?
1: Not at all. I already uh, uh, already was doing all kinds of new jokes uh,
0: about my fingers. God bless you. Uh, Right after I got out of the hospital, I had
1: seen a big show for the S.A.M., all bandaged up, and I was doing finger stuff. Uh, No, there was no doubt.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. How long were you out of work after the incident?
1: Well, I... You know, what, you know, as you know, uh, agents are a really weird group of people, mentally speaking. <laughs> and what happens is the second you vanish off their radar, they, they think you're dead. They stop looking at you. It, it, it's like a magician who has like a lot of work locally, does a cruise ship. This is like a dream gig. Comes back from the cruise ship and none of those agents are hiring them anymore because they were replaced by other people. So, you know, I really couldn't perform for at least six months to a year because of the bandages and the stitches and the uh, stuff. And uh, the skin grafting needs time to heal. And uh, Well, you don't want to get the gory stuff. <laughs> but but, ba- but basically, uh, all the agents assumed, you know, I, I vanished from their radar, so I wasn't getting any more gigs anyway. Wow. Uh, so that's when I decided to focus more on the manufacturing end of the magic yeah. as opposed to the performing end
0: and that's that's mymagic dot com your website that has yeah amazing stuff i don't know how I mean you have exclusives with so many amazing products it's like wow, mayor that's fantastic man um I've been,
1: everybody's my friend, you know they got to know me because of the fingers, some of them, and you know yeah, doing something unique like a finger or whatever you do that's unique can open up doors and is a conversation starter within the industry. You know, because hey, you're the finger guy. Hey, hi, I'm the finger You know, I have conversations and you make a lot of friends that way. I was very, 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 very lucky that way. You know, because I still consider myself a card guy, but I know my finger routine is what opened up
0: all the doors. Wow. Well, I, for you having it looks like that finger is, like, sewed together with that other hand. With It looks like your ring finger is kind of sewed with that pinky. Is that correct, like, what's left of your ring oh, finger? He doesn't have a ring finger. Oh, no, no, they removed the, uh, the ring finger. Completely. So that's just your pinky. Okay, okay. So you're still able to do card moves at, that you would think. Okay. How long did that take you to be able to do that and think about that? Or at, oh, right, this, at point, this point, it's just...
1: Well, uh, you had to make adjustments, you know. So I, I, I once said... Uh, you know, so now I could do a hundred slices instead of a thousand. It's still ninety more than I need. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, because everybody has their ten favorite slices they use for all car, all their almost all their card keys. So I just had to get my ten, or it's more than ten. But I had to get the ones that are comfortable. I had to rework them left-handed, and it's actually not that difficult uh, with cards. Uh, because most uh, most card work is left-hand dependent. Except for uh, uh, palming, it's almost all left-hand dependent. Uh, so it really wasn't that difficult for cards. And I was a card guy. Coins, uh, I was very conscious about. Because, you know, when you make a coin disappear, everybody wants to see your hands empty uh, afterwards. That's a big uh, so window. Was,
0: uh, That's a big yes, window. Yes,
1: I've been coins for a long time. Uh, but i uh, but I also uh, started uh, at the same time as started, once I started doing close-up I was i also try to figure out the way to hold your hand without showing the back of the hand uh, so you always see me like with a closed fist pointing at things and gesturing uh, I never open up my hand you know uh, flat because that allows people to see how many fingers I have. So I'm always like in a comfortable, you know, uh, fish kind of hand. Uh, yeah, I figured if, you know, if you can hide an elephant on stage, I could hide the fact that I'm missing a finger.
0: Yeah. So. Well, I know the day that you, um, I saw you at a convention, you did your finger routine. And then, like, at the end of the routine, you reveal that you're missing a finger. And that's like the first time anybody knows... And you've been on stage for 15 uh, yeah. minutes already.
1: Yeah, for lay people, yeah, that's the first time. Uh, I, I, I've been closing my stage comedy act that way. And uh, I don't think I did the BS thing when you saw the show. Uh, but what I noticed, uh, I've uh, back in the 80s, when I, after I got back into, uh, the time after the accident, I was working at Mostly Magic, which is another nightclub in New York. Uh, I put together a routine to close my act. Which talks about missing a finger and how I overcame it by by doing a routine that specifically uh, you cannot do if you're really missing a finger. But I I showed it to everybody, I told them I had a car accident, and then I started doing this magic that's impossible with this hand. Uh, And I thought it was a nice, you know, way to end the act, be honest, be truthful, but what I didn't expect is that many people would bring their friends to see my show. And I heard this so many times on the way home, there would be an argument when the magician would tell their friends, oh, no, he's really missing a finger. And they didn't believe it. Wow. I showed them the hand, and they didn't believe it. Why would they believe it? Because at the beginning of the act, I'm making all my fingers disappear, and I brought them back. And at the end of the act, I'm showing them that the finger is missing. Why would they believe that? Wow. That's-
0: and you show front and back your thumb gone I mean
1: yeah no, it's really gone yeah, so now I put it into my stand up act uh, where I talk about it, it, it with part of a comedy routine at the end and but I, I push it harder so it's obvious that I'm missing a finger but at the end I, I end with like I don't have one here but uh, with a bs board, uh that, that I sell uh, so basically I say that everything I This entire act has been BS, bullshit. And he gets big laughs because of the way it's structured. So now, even though they saw me make my fingers disappear, I brought him back, and then I told him it's really missing, and I was in a car accident. And this is done as comedy, not as uh, tragedy. (laughs) Uh, And then at the end, I tell him everything that I just did is fake. So I I added that phase of doubt to the stage act that I was getting naturally in the close-up act which, you know, I didn't expect any of that. You know, I expected you tell somebody you're missing a
0: singer, they're going to believe you right. Wow, wow. That's funny. So cha- I'm changing the subject drastically now. I'm looking right. on your website. I want to know more about you. Yeah. What is the acting thing? I didn't know you were an actor as well.
1: Uh Yeah, I've taken acting classes. Not Nothing that you would see or do or anything, but I can act. Okay, <laughs> okay. I, I, don't push, I, don't, I don't have time to pursue anything like that.
0: Well, I just saw it on the website, and I'm like, I want to know. Yeah, no, no,
1: I've done it. I've done it, and you know, a lot of times if you do a reality show, you're paying, you're acting the way you, they want you to act. Like when I did the uh, 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 Billy Boys Brooklyn I did last year, that reality show where I walked in and pretended I was a gambling expert, which I kind of am.
0: Right. Well, but yeah. at
1: the same time, you're acting. They're telling you what you know, what to say, what to do, and what they need.
0: Did you bring in any of your own personal collection to that, or they have it oh, yeah, for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was part of the deal. It's kind of like that Pawn Star show. They want you to bring in yeah, stuff. Hey, do you have exactly. something that you can pitch it's and we'll all, price it?
1: It's almost all scripted.
0: So. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, all right. Cool. Yeah. I haven't acted in years. I mean, I don't really do that. You know, you can't do everything.
0: Well, I was wondering, because up in New York, I was wondering what kind of character you'd be portrayed at. Are you, are you a... Are you a oh, no, um, not
1: that good. a It'll mob guy? Ver- It'll all be versions of myself.
0: <laughs> hey, watch my finger disappear. <laughs> so tell me about the the Mohican Sun uh, Casino. You're doing that a lot lately.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be doing it once a month for the rest of the year, uh, and that's just like an easy, fun gig for me to do. Uh, my friend Jim Spinato uh, has been there for twelve years, believe it or not. And he does four shows a week at the Comics Comedy Club. And he has an opening act for every show. And he asked me uh, about five years ago to do it. And I said, yeah, you know, it gave me a chance to break in some new material and my stand-up stuff that I wanted to break in. Uh, so I'm pretty much doing it once a month for the rest of the year.
0: And or that, twice a month sometimes. And that's something you only bring in new material if you need to because they're all non-repeat customers pretty yeah, much, right? Yeah, no, but
1: that's the purpose. That's right. the purpose. Off of this, uh, I I need to, you know, I I try new jokes, and you know, because I don't really perform that much anymore, so I I, I need to, you know, get the rhythm going and the humor, and and once a month, you know, I'd like to do more, but you know, I I have a business to run.
0: Well, I mean, tell me about your business. Tell tell everybody about uh, mymagic.com, because uh, the exclusives you have there. You just did a deal with Rocco with his coin trick. Natalie and I yeah, we, took lessons from Rocco when we first got married back in 2008. We went to D-Lite Studios and spent a week with him. We'll never forget that week. We'll never forget that and week. And you're still married. Hey, yeah. it was awesome. It was fantastic. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, he's just, he just never stops. It's my type of hangout with a magician. He doesn't have an off switch for magic, and I loved it.
1: No, he's, uh, he's, he's you know, well, uh, we've worked a lot over the years. I, I was opening for him for a while and stuff. Uh, And the the thing about him is when non-magicians see his act, he's doing magic. He's doing wish fulfillment for them. You know, you you don't have hair. He gives you a comb, you lipstick, you know. uh, It's really they feel like this. if you were a magician, that's what you would do. And he always gets standing ovations. You know, he's great.
0: He's awesome. He's awesome. Um, Uh, But,
1: yeah, I put out one of his tricks recently.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, but he's had that trick. He's been working on that trick for a long time. I mean, so, but this, and the video that you came out with, and the coins, I hadn't seen him do coins across with it. I've just seen him make advantage. Some of the routines, I watched that video, man. That's some great idea, and I've seen that trick before, but that's like, maybe I do need to have it again, because... I got it somewhere, but maybe I need it again. It's awesome! It's awesome! You got a lot of cool yeah. We, things uh, in there's it. a
1: forty-five minute tutorial with about ten tricks in there using the same gimmick. So, I mean, we we, we you know everything I touch, I I, I do to death. You know. <laughs> You know, you know, I do the research. You know, when was the first soldered coin ever made or published? You know, what year? And you know, then I I send the coins out to other coin magicians to see what they think. And you know, there I Michael Rubenstein's on that uh, Rocco video with two of his routines, a bunch of my routines. So I always like to over deliver. It's just the way I am.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Well, you you need that. For your buck. Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 So um, I got I got all kinds of notes here. I just saw on your website, and you've mentioned so many names, and Siegfried and Roy giving you a standing ovation, and all these amazing magicians. But you know, top blonde magicians from all over the world hanging out with uh, Harry Lorraine and Creskin. I mean, they're just your buddies. You just go out to coffee with them. It's so awesome, Mayor. I'm so jealous. How's Creskin? How's Creskin? How's he doing? He's oh,
1: fine. I, I, yeah, yeah, he just had his 88th birthday last week. huh. Yeah. You know, he's still performing and working on his next project, his next book. If there's a, he just did a voiceover for, for a cartoon. I forget the name, but he plays a tree in there, <laughs> the magical tree. That's
0: cool. Talk <laughs> about residuals. They say they are the best. Just do a voiceover yeah. for a cartoon, and you're set, man. Wow, wow. So uh, you also have another project coming up. You're going to have four different appearances of Masters of Illusion coming up soon?
1: Actually, they just told me uh, one of them was cut. There'll be three. <laughs> Aw.
0: Hey, three's not uh, so bad. So, they're saving it for next season.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, on February 11th, uh, the new season of, uh, of World uh, Masters of Illusion starts on the CW. And I take four. But I'll be in three different episodes out of the 18 that will be airing once a week uh, for the next 18 weeks. Uh, one of them is the Finger routine done down left-handed.
0: Hey. I can't wait. We can yeah. set, our, we'll set our TiVo. I'll put it on there.
1: TiVo. TiVo. I don't have a TiVo, TiVo. anymore.
0: DVR. <laughs> DVR. Yeah. So, um, tell me about your family life. Are you married?
1: Uh, no, I'm still happy. You're
0: okay. All right. Hey. all right. That's all right.
1: Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm, 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 I have a girlfriend for 20 years, so we may as well be 25 years, so we may as well be married. But uh, no, I'm still single. Okay. I have
0: no kids. All right. All right. Uh,
1: okay. You know, my business
0: is my life yeah well and i mean my
1: hobby.
0: that that's that's another thing i was i was saying you're passionate about magic and not only performing not only researching not only putting out great products but you hang out with magic i mean magic is like me magic is your life so many people yep. even full time magicians they just clock in and go home and they do other things i can't turn off from magic man and and i know you're the same way which is great,
1: I think, you know, uh, because I'm an amateur, I mean, I, you know, uh, an amateur at heart, because I'm always studying and practicing it. And, and I think for, for you to have that attitude, being a professional magician, doing shows constantly, it's very, very difficult, you know, because once you get a show together, you, you know, you say, you know what, I can do this. I don't need to work on new stuff. I don't need to buy new stuff. Don't need to play with new stuff. And. You know, I'm not that way. I'm always buying and playing and messing around, which is really, uh, otherwise you get like a disgruntled, eh, I don't, you know, uh, it becomes a job.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: anything to avoid making it into a job is great.
0: Well, I worked at a magic uh, shop when I was not going to college, and one of the, oh. the worst parts of that job, and it was awesome. I mean, I was learning about, I didn't know who Doug Henning was. He wasn't on TV in my heyday, you know, in my youth. Um, I'm learning about Doug Henning, I'm learning about Harry Blackstone Jr., this is early 90s, and um, I'm loving it, I'm loving the history, I'm loving the books, I'm loving everything, but every new product was a new card trick, and I got burned out what I thought was magic, because I thought it was just all cards, because that's what everything that came in, and also girls about that time, so my priorities were really getting (laughs) pulled, right? And it's like, you know what? I'm burned out on magic. I'm done with magic for a while. I'm going to go to work and whatever. And then it just hit me. Man, there's rubber band magic. There's comedy magic. There's animal magic. There's escape. I'll never learn it all. And I've never been burned out since. I mean, every day I'll dabble, try something else, and pick up a different book. And
1: and the people you just named that are friends of mine, they have lifelong passions for magic. You you know, those are my Like Paul Daniels, to the end, who's messing around with stuff, reading stuff, playing with stuff. Uh, You know, Harry Lorraine, I just talked to him uh, three days ago. And he's 90, he's going to be 97 in in May. And he's still, like, practicing stuff and playing and working out, problem solving. And and all those people, you know, Di Vernon his whole life, Herb Zarro. I mean, all the people that are my best friends are, Constantly, always talking about magic, looking at what's new, looking for new ways to do old things or old ways to do new things. Or, but we're always messing around, you know. Always, I, I, I have a car group of friends that I probably have dinner with maybe once, twice a week or every other week. Sometimes it's not possible, and we're always, you know, talking about engineering end of how would you build this prop, what is the best process? What, yeah, yeah. I mean, not just the effect, but everything that goes into making it as
0: well. Wow. That's awesome, dude. I love it. I'm so and, jealous. And
1: we all have our own little specialty, so when we come together, you know, you're, you're getting ideas from different backgrounds, different, you know, uh, skill sets. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's, that's great. He he needs some people around here to do that.
0: I'm in Virginia, the nearest... Most yeah.
1: nearest... to Jersey, what can I tell you?
0: <laughs> uh, no. No, well, I can't. We can get beer anywhere here. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to bring our own. Well, I and I can make left turns. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I'm in an RV pulling a trailer to all of my gigs. It's nice to be able to make a left turn <laughs> instead of a uh, right turn. We have Walmart can
1: Park. In. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: good. That's good. That's good. So, what are you working on next? What do you What do you have coming up? Anything? Besides the the appearances... Uh, I never
1: just work on one thing. Uh, I'm always like... Because you never know uh, what's... It's like you work on ten different things and you never know which is going to get to the finish line first. Right, right. Uh, Because there are a lot of other things involved. So I really don't know what's going to be next. I am thinking of of, uh, doing a full evening show. Uh, So I'm looking at around some venues and stuff. And it's... uh, it it's going to be a little bit different than what most shows are. I want it to be half stage, half close-up. So, I, so I, I start as a stage act, and then I walk to a close-up table and, you know, do some close-up, go back to stage, and then close close-up, uh, you know, which is the way I used to do, like, parties also. I used to do a formal close-up show, and then I'd walk in on one knee in the middle of the group and then do like intimate magic for everybody and then walk back and finish off the show uh so i'm looking into that and i already kind of like put an outline of what i would do but you know, you know i've been thinking about this a long time and it may never happen because it's really a, not a money maker it's just a distraction
0: wow. <laughs> well a fun district. did yeah. you did you have a show like that with mark salem
1: uh yeah we did that a bunch of times you know mark uh lives in not too far from me, and, and we talked about possibly doing it. There's there's one nightclub that we did it at uh, that uh, that asked us to come back. So we, if we wanted to, we could do that, uh, which is called Mind Games Reloaded. It's highlights from his Broadway show, and I do the first 30 minutes; he does the next 45. Uh, it's a very very good show. You saw a version of it, and you know, but I, I just you know I don't know. I want I want to do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. We, we might revive that, and he Mark wants to, and the nightclub wants to. I just don't know if it will happen.
0: Well, there's seven days in a week. You can do your show one night, do his show the next.
1: I, I know, but you know, uh, you know, a one-day show, is like three days of work.
0: <sighs> well, so talking about setting up ten different projects and not knowing what goes to the finish line, what was your COVID like? Because I didn't get anything accomplished. Like, I was just...
1: Oh, I, I... I got everything accomplished, you know, because before COVID, I was doing, you know, maybe 10 conventions a year. I was doing the shows. I was, you know, I, I never realized that staying home, I can actually focus and get products out uh, really well. Uh, I mean, at the beginning of COVID, I didn't know what was going to happen. So uh, first thing I did, you know, I have my lighting and camera stuff anyway that I shoot my trailers and tutorials so I immediately started doing zoom lectures. Uh, I was the second person in magic to actually do a, a lecture for magic clubs on zoom. Uh, so I did about 50 of those and you know, I, I was done. I said, that's a good number to stop. <laughs> uh, and they were all over the planet. So I could do like three in a day where I'd be like uh, in Hawaii, one, one, you know, in Australia, uh, Chicago, Hawaii, in just, you know, a 12 hour period. That's awesome. Uh, uh, and that was fun, and it increased my mailing list because I forced everybody to give me their email address. Uh, I also gave them specials, so they bought stuff. So financially, the lectures were very, very good for me. Uh, but then, I, you know, my, the way I really earn my living is to put out new products. And what I never realized is when I travel and do these shows and do these conventions and, and do all the stuff that I do, I I have to restart my focus on my projects. And by just staying home for a year and a half, I put all my efforts into putting out product and I've never put as much or as good stuff as I did during COVID. And that's why now, uh, you know, like I said, I was doing maybe 10 conventions a year. Uh, This year in 2003, I'm pretty much only doing two and a half. Wow. Uh, uh, So I'm not really traveling at all this year, unless it's something special that I have to do. But uh, I'm going to do Magic Live in August in Vegas. I like Vegas. And I'm going to do Fectors uh, in Buffalo in April. And then the day after Fectors, since I'm in Buffalo anyway, I'll be doing uh, the morning Confection. Uh, but that's about it, no, nothing else. I've been turning down lectures and you know, a
0: lot of different shows and stuff because I, I want to stay home and put out product. Well,
1: uh, that's what I love doing,
0: you know. Yeah.
1: And I got and that's why I committed to the Mohican Sun because once a month I get to like be a show off and do a show. <laughs> so what
0: is what is the Marty Convention? I'm probably saying it wrong. Marty uh, Magicians Alliance of Western New York. Oh well, wow. uh, it's been going on for like
1: eighty years or seventy five years.
0: Okay, like okay. I had never heard of that one. All right.
1: It, it was started by the same person who started the IBM. Oh,
0: wow. Wow! Wow! So, uh, your your book test. Uh, I know a friend Wild of book. a friend of mine. Friend of mine had it on his bookshelf, and um, I have magician and non-magician listeners. Explain to me what a book test is, because I want you. Uh,
1: to... Basically, uh, you know, you have some books on the shelf. Uh, well, my my version of it anyway is uh-huh. uh, someone picks a book, uh, another person names a page. They go to that page. They remember the first word and last word of the pay of that page. So they could have had any page. Uh, you now read their mind and you tell them what two words they're thinking of. That's the simple version of it. But uh, my version is the easiest one in the world, and it's one I used to open my shows with uh, for many many years.
0: Now is that the? It's the, also
1: my best selling product.
0: Is that the business one though? Is that? Bi- uh, the old one in the 80s was like the business one. Is that is that the one yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, I
1: kept, I kept running out of books. So every time I reprinted, it's two different hardcover books. Okay,
0: okay. That's what and, it is. And,
1: and the nice thing about that is the magicians that loved the first one had to buy the second one, and now I'm up to, I'm up to volume six. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, uh, if you saw, uh, you know, a lot of people have all six of so their 12 hardcover books, so they have an entire shelf in their office. and.
0: It comes in groups of two though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: that's why I call my cover books.
0: And that, and you call that Wow? Is that the Wow? Wow.
1: Yeah, I, I thought I was clever when I was uh, young, and uh, Wow stands for Walk on Water, and that was the fish, the Walk on Water book test, because how else can you top? Us? Right. That's
0: awesome. That's good. That's I like
1: good. that. I like that.
0: And that's that's your bestseller. Yeah. Wow. What? So what, what else? I what else that is a really good seller or something you've been proud of over the years? Let's let's well, my, pitch so some my products. My finger
1: book has gone through many printings. My yeah, twisting arm, the twisting arm illusion. Okay, so many,
0: many let let me stop you on that. So your finger, what is the finger fantasies is the name of that book, and that's still yeah. in, print. in print. Yes, I have that over there. Um, <clears throat> your tw- arm oh, twisting. Oh, but you don't
1: have the hardcover edition. <laughs> with, with Muhammad Ali on the cover.
0: Uh-oh. I don't have that one. No, but Uh-oh. I don't make me dig. Two d- on the inside. <laughs> no, don't, no! Don't make me go dig. But I do have the other one. So um, this, this is
1: this uh, for the people that are watching this on video. This is a picture of me teaching Muhammad Ali how to make his fingers disappear. Wow, that's awesome.
0: For the audio yeah, listeners, I'll cool. put it on the Facebook group. Yeah, that's
1: yeah.
0: Uh, Dude, yeah, how was Muhammad Ali? How was that? How was that experience?
1: Oh, it was great. He was such a nice guy. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and what happened is, uh, you know, he, he, you know, I made my finger disappear and he, he starts screaming, he's the greatest of all time. it's two mayor. You're the greatest of all time. And I was stupid. I said, and can you add in finger magic? So I have an autograph that says you're the greatest of all times. Finger magic. And it's in the book. It's in the book. The autograph.
0: Wow. (laughs) Wow. So, your arm-twisting illusion, that was just a booklet, correct? Because I have that as well. Yes,
1: but, but it's also reprinted in, in the new version of Finger Fantasies.
0: Now, the first time I saw that, I, I think the first time I saw it was uh, David Blaine doing it on one of his specials. Was he doing your method? Yeah. That was yours? Oh, uh, yeah, I taught it. Wow, that's oh. awesome, man. That's... Uh, yeah,
1: I, taught, I, I also taught it to Harry Anderson, who did it on The Tonight Show. And I also taught it to David Copperfield, who also did it on The Tonight Show.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. I want to see those appearances. Yeah. Are they, are they on YouTube? Uh, or... on,
1: I'm sure they're on YouTube,
0: yeah. I have never seen Harry or David do it, That David Copperfield do it. Yeah, wow.
1: Harry was the first person uh, that did it on TV after me.
0: Wow, wow. How was he? And,
1: by the way, you get to see it on, uh, that's one of the, the episodes of uh,
0: Masters of uh, Illusion. You I do... did that as well. Your arm twister. Nice. Wow, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So you have Mayor no, com. That's M-E-I-R-Y-E-D-I-D.com. That is for people just learning more about you and to book you, correct? Correct. And then you have MyMagic.com. Although it's
1: hard to book me because I say no to so many things.
0: Yeah, but if... A friend of
1: mine said you should have a business card that says what you
0: don't do because that'll be a much more impressive list. So, so what if somebody hires you for something like this? I mean, thank you so much for having time for us tonight, but what if somebody hires you for something like this, just to do like a virtual show? Is that more up your alley? Oh, no, no.
1: Well, no, I'm not doing virtual
0: shows. I'll I'll be happy to talk to my friends, but that's about it. Okay, all right, all right. So, um, well, maryedit.com, you can get some information on him. Don't try yeah. to hire him. He'll probably turn <laughs> new, Throw money at him. He might change his mind. Yeah, that's all. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, mymagic.com has all those products on there. His wow book test, his uh, new Rocco trick. But that's
1: only for magicians.
0: Only for magicians. Only for magicians, mymagic.com, um, if you want that. So, we have a little bit of everything. We have magician, non-magician yeah. listeners here. Um, I don't know. Do you have any funny magic stories you want to share with us? We have, uh, like, five minutes left. Anything? Uh, We're going to get you to come back for our Patreon. I got
1: nothing. You, you, you drained me. I'm empty.
0: You're empty. You got nothing. Uh, crazy show business story. Uh, a magic...
1: Uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm always thinking... I'm, always, I'm a forward-thinking person, so it's like for me to... What I just said to you about my past, it never occurs to me. It just... Spilled out of my mouth, you know, like the Bowie. Or I mean, it's not something I talk about. Uh, but I've, I'm sure I've had a lot of funny situations. I just can't remember them.
0: Well, help me, help put me on the
1: spot. You put them right. That's okay. And I'm telling you, four minutes yeah. left.
0: So help them um, out. Help him out. Because I
1: don't usually talk about myself. So yeah, I know it's hard to tell today, but. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, that's that's another thing that I love the podcast, Mayor, because I've known you for twenty years. But I'm like, yeah. I knew he was in a car wreck, and I but I don't know all of that stuff. And I'm like, are you married? Do you have kids? I don't know this stuff. I see you at a convention. You're hanging out with the boys. I never see a woman on your arm. I don't. I don't know this stuff. So, yeah. thank you yeah, for this time. Up. She
1: gave up going to magic conventions.
0: <laughs> we started having kids. That one did too. Um, I was stuck in the hotel room watching the kids. The kids got bored, and I yeah. felt like they were interrupting lectures and things.
1: So I, then I was just hanging out in the hotel room with them And I'm like, honey, I, I stay home. So when I get a little older, I'll be coming back. Don't worry.
0: But she, she's awesome. When we come home from a convention, we're talking. Did you like that trick? Did you like what he did with that and to pitch it back and forth and to come up with ideas for our show or don't do that? You learn you learn a lot of <laughs> I never want to do that thing. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. Yeah. yeah. I, I
1: remember uh, when I was very young in an IV, uh, in IBM meeting. Uh, there, there was a, a stage magician who was mediocre and I, I'm sitting next to a friend of mine, an old timer, and I say you know, I could do that act. And he goes to me, but would you want to do that act? Yeah. And and that's how you learn. But I, I also, you know, I've seen a lot of magic acts in my life, a lot. Uh, because I, at my peak, I was attending 30 conventions or so a year with a booth. Oh, I believe it. Uh, uh, and what I've learned is there are a lot of bad acts, of course, Uh, but not just magic. If you go to a comedy club, I mean, there are a lot of bad acts. But what I've learned is that every one of those acts, the bad ones or the good ones, have one minute, one thing in there that makes them think they're going to become a star. And what I I try to do when I watch these shows is look for that one spark, one idea that they had, that they built an entire act around just so they can do that one minute or that one second or whatever, or that one routine or that one joke. Or, you know. So so there's really something. It's like a puzzle for me to see why is that person on stage? What made him think or her think that she's going to be a star or a magician or a comedian or whatever? Mm-hmm. And a lot of comedy shows, you know, one-hour show, there would be like a really great five minutes
0: He's watching it, and I'm just looking at my watch saying, when's it going to be over? <laughs> you're, you're digging um, deeper. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm just rambling. Okay. I'm just rambling.
0: No, you dig... Thank you. Thank you for all your time, man. We're Please running out of time. more questions.
1: I'll give you more answers.
0: No, we're running out of time. We have, like, 50 seconds, and this thing will cut us off and just go dead air. Uh-huh. Um, So, mymagic.com, only for magicians. Only go there if you're a magician. That's mymagic.com. com for lots more stuff. And check out that Facebook group, because I'm going to put his... um. I'll put a link to the uh, Masters of Illusion sets when they come out, and I'll put up uh, his uh, Paul Daniels appearance, because yeah. uh-huh. that's awesome, and, and, they could,
1: and people can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and the
0: Twitter. And, and awesome. is that just Mary Edit? Yeah. Awesome. awesome. That's all you need. Mayor, thank Good you so much. it, but that's all you need. M-E-I-R-Y-E-D-I-D. It's going to be everywhere. I'll put it out. I promise I'll promote you. Thank you so much, man. One more thing for us to say. See you, See you next week. week. Check us out online at wesisley.com and Patreon.com forward slash Wes underscore isley for behind-the-scenes videos, blooper videos, never-before-seen footage, discounts on merchandise, magic trick tutorials, and more. That's Wes Isley, spelled W-E-S-I-S-E-L-I.